0: You're listening to a DM podcast.
1: Because the burns were circumferential, which meant that they went all the way around her fingers, um, they were worried about her neurovascular OBS in her fingertips. So we had to get the burned skin off so that it wouldn't restrict the nerve endings in the end of her fingertips.
2: Thank you the child air of 458 Still breathing okay at the moment.
0: Is it a big property? That blood pressure is not coming up. a thank you. Hi, my name is Lana Mitchell from the Royal Flying Doctor Service. This is a podcast about life in the bush, mateship, courage, and the role that the Royal Flying Doctor Service plays in serving rural and remote communities. This is the Flying Doctor Podcast.
1: My name is Lee Dargan from the Royal Flying Doctor Service and I'm an Aboriginal woman of the Rajri Nation. This podcast has been recorded on Ngunnawal land and is being broadcast across all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We at the Royal Flying Doctor Service want to acknowledge Elders past and present. The RFDS recognises that this is first people's land and always well-being.
0: Recently, my brother took his family traveling in a caravan all the way from Darwin down through the Kimberley to Perth and then across to South Australia and returning up through the Red Centre. My family was flooded with pictures of their adventures in spectacular remote locations, exploring, swimming, meeting the locals. And my brother detailed how many other families they met on the way doing just the same thing. Other than many flat tyres on the journey, there were no accidents or injuries that my brother and his family experienced but that's not the case for everyone. In episode 50, I interviewed Rachel and Blake as they took their family on a journey around Australia and we detailed what happened when their 10-year-old was bitten by a shark. In episode 51, I interviewed Jesse Cullen about a hike in a remote part of Western Australia where he ended up falling and being speared through the leg with a tree branch. And even episode 47, we talk about an accident that occurred when a tourist speedboat hit a gorge wall on a remote WA coastline. In this podcast, I'm chatting to Kayla Marie and her daughter Mia about an adventure they had a couple of years ago when they were on a family road trip from New South Wales to the beautiful Western Australian coastline. Hello, Kayla and Mia. Hello. Hi. Now, Kayla, you work at the local hospital in an administrative role along with your hubby. What do you love about getting away from home and work and exploring Australia?
1: Prior to meeting my husband... Hated camping, despised it, couldn't think of anything worse than being out in the bush camping without my luxuries. Um, and then I met Craig, and we went on in 2019. We went on a five week trip across the Nullarbor to south of WA, and it was just amazing. You know, we visited Esperance and um, then we headed up to Perth. My husband's sister lives in Perth, and just Doing and seeing things with the kids that I never thought that we would do. You know, we've seen um, whales and dolphins swimming, and we've seen a baby seal, and them just experiencing things outside of the classroom was just amazing. So, 2021, we attempted a 12-week trip, wow, um, Northern Territory, WA, but that sort of we left just as the second lot of lockdowns started. We got into Northern Territory and then we sort of got stranded. We got stuck out in the bush for a few days. We weren't allowed to go forward. We weren't allowed to go back. We weren't allowed into WA. Um, so that trip sort of got canned and we had to make a quick dash home because we had to get through the South Australian borders before they went into lockdown. So then last year we took eight weeks and we headed off. We we hiked it straight into WA we wanted to spend the majority of our time over there. And just being out in the bush with the kids, doing things, watching them grow and learn things outside of the classroom, it's just amazing. Every family should take the opportunity to take their kids out and explore our backyard. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. Now, do you have a caravan or do you tent or how do you do it?
1: Um, our first two trips, we had a camper trailer. This trip, however, we really – we. We did the Gibb River Road in northern Western Australia. So we just went in our ute. Our ute is fully set up to be off-road. We had, you know, we have shower and cooker and all those things. So we were just in our vehicle. We had our swags and our tents and off we went.
0: Wow. That sounds amazing. Amazing. Okay. And uh, before we dive into this story, Mia, tell me a little bit about yourself. How old are you and where do you go to school?
2: I'm nine. I go to Lake Wyangan.
0: And what grade or what year are you in? Year four. Year four. There you go. Now, do you have any brothers and sisters? Um, yes. Could you tell me their names and how old they are?
2: Nate is 11. Chelsea is 18. 18. And Luke and Kyle.
1: Kyle is 21. And Luke. So Craig has four older children. Yeah. Uh, Michaela is 27. Tamika is 25. Kyle is 21. And Chelsea is 18.
0: Wow. But so that, does that mean, Mia, that you're the youngest? Yes. You're the youngest. Okay. Is that good? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what do you like, Mia, about holidays where you and the family get to travel and explore new places? What do you think is the um, best about it?
2: I like seeing new things and. Um, I get to see new animals and I love animals and I love camping.
0: Wow. Do you know, when I was a kid, Mia, my parents used to drive everywhere. We did lots and lots of road trips and I loved visiting beaches and exploring rainforests, but I did struggle with long hours in the back seat. Do you have trouble with long drives? How do you cope with them?
2: Um, I get to play my iPad.
0: Ah, um, see, I didn't have an iPad when I was little. You're lucky.
2: I like out
1: the window <laughs> I just stare at random things and read. <laughs> like to read.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's great. We
1: try not to spend too long in the car. Our maximum travel each day is probably three to four hours. And then we find a new spot and then we'll stay there for a couple of days and then we'll travel again. But we just don't want to be in the car for hours. And you just miss too much. There's so much to see just every few stops along the way that we try not to travel too long.
0: That's lovely. So, Kayla, um, a few years ago you and the hubby decided to go to Western Australia again. Yep. And I understand you were going to cross the Nullarbor and then you were going to head to Geraldton and then up from there to the Western Australian coast. So you are going to go north. of Perth could you tell me a little bit about that crossing the Nullarbor and and um what you love about it
1: the Nullarbor is so many people think oh it's just the most boring drive there's nothing out there but there's actually so much to see and do out there we this is our second time that we crossed the Nullarbor um cliffs are just really amazing that sheer drop usually you can see whales um there's quite a few road houses along the way and they have a lot of history we read the story about how the guys um how the nullarbor came about is that guys rode their bike across it and walked their camels across it and now it's just this main arterial highway to get from east to west west to east Mm. my son actually loves i don't know if you've heard of baladonia it's where the um, American space station landed.
0: Oh wow! No, I didn't West know that. Australia,
1: yeah. So there's they've got like a little shri- little mini museum, shrine type thing to the part of the space station that landed here.
0: I didn't know that at all. So you travelled all the way from Griffith, right? So our hometown is Griffith. Yep. And you travelled all the way from there to Geraldton and then to Northampton and then across to Little Bay Campsite, which is like more than 3,600 kilometres from your home. Yes. And at least 40 hours of driving. Yep. Now, Mia, what do you remember about arriving in Little Bay? Can you describe what it looked like?
2: Um. Yeah. We There was a really big dirt road and then right next to the campsite you'd walk down a little path and... Right, right next to where we were camping there was a beach and at night Craig and before dinner Craig went fishing and me and Nate came and there was those really big sand hills and me and Nate tried to climb them and Nate kicked a lot of sand in my face.
0: <laughs> so there was big sand dunes, huh? That must have been amazing. Yeah. And did you go four wheel driving or or exploring or f- swimming or anything?
1: Um you went 4 driving with Craig and then he went fishing? Yeah. And you flew your kite?
0: Yeah. What sort of day was it? Was it a really hot day?
1: Yeah.
2: That night it got like, much colder.
0: Well, let's go then, Mia. Do you remember it all, that campfire and, and Mum was going to cook some dinner? Do you yep. remember that? Yep. Could you walk me through what happened um, um, as you were sitting there waiting for Mum to cook dinner?
2: So, um... When Craig was fishing, I kept slipping over on the rocks, and um, it was really cold, and it, <laughs> I kept slipping. So when we got home, I sat really close to the fire, and Mum was cooking nuggets. Ooh, and they yum. were all—they were at a different. They were at a table over near the Ute, and me and Nate were sitting near the fire, and they were cooking, um, and. I stood up and I was really close to the fire and I lost my balance and I put my hand out so I wouldn't fall in the fire and there was a big pot, a pan of oil and nothing was in the pot and I just put my hand in it
0: and it burnt. It burnt. Tell me, was it? Did you realize? Did you realize that was really not a good thing as soon as it happened? Yeah, what did you do?
2: My mum ran over really quick and started like doing that to my hand to get all the hot oil off.
0: Oh my gosh! Did you did you yell out? Did you scream? What did you do?
2: I screamed a lot. <laughs> I cried because it was it was burning a lot. And Craig thought that we could just stay the night and then like wrap it up and just stay the night, but we had to go to the hospital.
0: Yeah. Kayla, tell me about that. So you were over at the table and and Mia's sitting over there by the fire and did you see the actual accident happen?
1: No. So we Craig had caught a fish so we were getting the fish ready and I was getting the chicken ready and the kids were just sitting at the fire. We had the pan over the fire getting hot. And then Mia just started screaming. And so we were like, what happened? And she said, I put my hand in the oil. I put my hand in the oil. So I quickly ran over, grabbed her, tried to get as much of the excess oil off as I could. Um, And then we carry lots of water in our vehicle. We've got a special water tank that's gravity fed um, with a tap. So Craig quickly turned the tap on. We ran her hand under the water We initially didn't think it was too bad, hence why we thought that we could just do first aid at the campsite, get it wrapped up, um, and then we could check it in the morning. But once we had it under the water um, and we had a proper look at it, it had started to blister straight away. So we knew that we had to get it as cool as we could as quickly as we could and then get into the nearest hospital.
0: Did you have any ice
1: on board? Um, We didn't have ice, but we obviously, both of us working at the hospital, you know, we have to do our first aid and we had a very well-stocked first aid kit. We had spoken with other people about things that they had used on their trips and we sort of Googled and researched things that could happen. So we were well prepared for, you know, burns, snake bites, all sorts of things. Um, and luckily we had these really amazing I can't say enough how amazing these they're called burn aid pads and they're hydrogel impregnated um, pads and you put them on a burn Mia had previously burnt herself on a previous trip with some hot noodle water (laughs) and we used one of those and then we wrapped it up and the next morning you couldn't even tell that you know she'd scalded her leg so that was really good So luckily Craig um, quickly put the Burn-Aid pads on. We got her hand wrapped up as best we could and then we headed into the hospital.
0: As I mentioned earlier, this podcast has been made possible with the support of Isuzu Ute Australia. Having reliable vehicles is imperative in the harsh Australian outback and Isuzu have provided D-Max Utes and MUX SUVs. pull seven large rfds flight simulators as they engage in school community and field day activities for the royal flying doctor service these simulators are full-size planes minus the wings and the isuzu d-max and mux vehicles are a perfect match for the long distance heavy towing demands of these rfds simulators right across australia so keep an eye out for them as they travel around each state. And we would love to see photos and locations on our Flying Doctor podcast community Facebook page when you see them. Mia, which hand was it? Was it your right hand or your left hand?
2: My left hand.
0: Your left. Are you left-handed or right-handed? Right-handed. Ah, oh, okay. Well, phew. <laughs> you could at least still right and so forth. Now, what time of day was this, Kayla? So it was about six thirty in the evening. Right. Was it dark? I pre- I presume not. It was summer, right? No. So we always travel
1: over to WA, um, New South Wales, winter time because it's freezing cold in New South Wales, and we don't enjoy winter. So this this was on the thirtieth of May.
0: Wow. Okay. So was it dark when when all this accident happened, or was it just on dusk?
1: Just on dusk. The sun was just setting. We had had a full day of kite flying and sandcastle building and fishing and all sorts of things, and we were just sort of settling in for the night, cooking some dinner and deciding what we would do tomorrow.
0: Yeah. Now, the closest hospital was some 30 minutes away, right, yes. in Northampton? Yes. Is that the sort of hospital, because it was a small regional hospital, a little district hospital, yeah. often they're not open 24-7. Did you get there and find it open?
1: So luckily we we have a cell fire in our ute which extends our phone signal and our Wi-Fi signal. So we luckily we got just out of the dunes. Um, we had to pump up the tyres on the ute because we had been driving on sand, so that took extra time. Um, but I managed to get onto the hospital and say to them that we were heading in, we'd had a campfire accident, you know, my daughter, she, how old she was, what had happened. So they were ready for us when we got there. Um, right. They don't have doctors on through the night. They would only have nurses. But thankful, thankfully um, they operate with telehealth. So we had doctors dial in and we could chat to them and they could chat to us and they organised the transfer down to PCH for us via telehealth which was really lucky
0: great so Mia they decided they were going to fly you all the way to Perth Yeah. did you how were you traveling at that time were you okay were you in a lot of pain
1: yes so I think she'd gone into
0: a little bit of shock um mm. once we got her
1: hand wrapped up you know we had to spend a few minutes packing a few things into the ute and you know putting out our campfire and that sort of stuff then we headed down to the dunes and She had gone into a little bit of shock, wanted to go to sleep, didn't want to talk, was just grunting in pain. My son Nate actually he was amazing. He was he was trying to keep her awake for me, trying to keep her talking, trying to keep her, you know, not thinking about her hand. The drive into town was quite hairy because obviously we were in a hurry and the road from Horrocks into Northampton is quite windy and beachy and we were worried about wildlife so it wasn't a fun drive sounds horrible um but luckily when we got there the nurses were ready and waiting for us they let us straight in um and they started attending their first aid as well for us
0: great and so did they were they able to give her some pain relief right away
1: um they didn't want to give her any pain relief right away only because they have to do you know their pre-assessment is she allergic to anything has she had any of this sort of thing before and obviously they're not allowed to give Any strong pain relief without a doctor's order. So we had to wait for the telehealth doctor to dial in. And then when he did, he ordered some nasal fentanyl to try and get the pain under control because then they obviously needed to look at her hand. She didn't want anyone to touch it. She didn't want anyone to look at it. She didn't look at it. Actually, the whole time, Mia didn't look at her hand. She doesn't know what it looked like when it was oh wow burned. Still to this day she doesn't want to look at photos. I saw it twice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it was wow. disgusting. It was disgusting. It
1: looked gross. <laughs> it
2: was,
0: what what was gross about it, Mia?
2: Um you know, the first time I looked it
0: had like big red splotches everywhere and it was really puffy. All swollen. Yeah. Your poor hand. I don't think it liked being deep fried. <laughs> <No>.
2: <laughs> the second time I looked at it, it had lots of brown spots and I was like, what's wrong with my head? And then <laughs> um, they told me that it was just bits from like...
1: The antiseptic.
2: Yeah, the sticky stuff that they put on my hand.
0: Yeah, they try to take the heat out of it and they yep. try to stop it getting infected. Yeah, Kayla, did you know the extent of the burns at that point at the hospital? I mean, you could see what you saw, but did you know how bad it was?
1: So I actually thought it was worse than what it ended up being. Um, once they unwrapped her hand, once they had given her the fentanyl and she'd settled down a little bit and they unwrapped her hand, um, we had another consult with the telehealth doctor and Um, He had spoken with the burns unit at PCH and they had said that because the burns were circumferential, which meant that they went all the way around her fingers, um, they were worried about her neurovascular obs in her fingertips. So we had to get the burned skin off so that it wouldn't restrict the nerve endings in the end of her fingertips. Ooh. Yes. So my husband and my son were outside. They weren't allowed in because of COVID restrictions um, so they waited until she settled down a little bit um, and then they started de-gloving all the burned skin off Mia's hand and fingers.
0: Oh, my gosh, you're a brave little girl, Mia.
1: Unbelievably brave. I just oh couldn't gosh. imagine how much it must have been hurting her and she was just such a little trooper, just laid there and let them do what they needed to do to,
0: to do it, basically. Wow. All right, so now they've degloved parts of your hand, which, for those who don't know what it means, means removing the skin.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, when did the Royal Flying Doctor Service arrive? Do you remember them arriving, or do you remember that process of getting onto the plane, Mia? Mhm.
2: I get, I went on a wheelchair out to the ambulance, and then when we got there, I went. I hopped on the plane, and they gave me a teddy.
0: Oh, um, those, those Teddies are lovely, aren't they?
2: They said that they had
0: a surprise for me. What's his name? I haven't
2: named him yet.
0: Oh, no name. Just Teddy. Okay, just Teddy. Do you remember that flight? Do you, have you ever been on a plane that's that small? Because it's not like a big jet that you get on when you travel, you know, from city to city. Have you ever been on a smaller plane like that one before?
2: No. I was asleep most of the time. But it had lots of, like, places where you could put stuff and it had a big, like, a big stand thing that they hooked up.
0: Yeah, for fluids, to give you fluids. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. What do you remember of that flight, Kayla?
1: So we actually didn't – we needed to find a way to get from Northampton to Geraldton um, because out in the bush a lot of the ambulances or St John's are driven by volunteers and by this stage it was 1 o'clock in the morning – um, there was no one around to drive our ambulance. You know, we were having conversations backwards and forwards with the nurses and the telehealth doctor and the children's hospital. Could Craig and I drive her? How far away were we? What time could we leave? And um, initially, we were going to head into Perth the next morning. PCH had said that's fine, travel in the next morning. Um, and then after they took the burned skin off um, and we did um, some scans. The Children's Hospital decided that they needed her there then that night just in case she needed to have surgery. So um, the nurses ended up calling the local police and asking, could they drive our ambulance to Geraldton? Otherwise, we had no other way to get to Geraldton. Yeah. So luckily, two very nice policemen came and drove our ambulance down to
0: Geraldton. How far is that drive?
1: That was quite hairy. We left my husband and my son. They had to turn around and drive back to Little Bay to, to sleep, um, and then they were going to head into Perth first thing the next morning. So we sort of headed off in different directions. It's 1 o'clock in the morning. I was just extremely overwhelmed with everything that was happening. The nurses had said PCH is prepped for theatre so that when you get there, they'll possibly take me straight into theatre, and I was just thinking, oh, my gosh, I can't do this in the middle of the night. <laughs> and you didn't even get dinner. We didn't even end up getting dinner after all that, did we? Um, So we got to Geraldton Airport. Um, we got on the plane. Our flight nurse and our pilot were amazing, incredible. Um, and Mia had quite a bit of pain relief on board, so she pretty much slept the whole flight.
0: Well deserved, I think. And it was the middle of the night.
1: It was the middle of the night, yep. Then we got to go in another ambulance
2: and then we got to the hospital. They put me on a bed and we we went in the elevator into a room and I sort of slept the whole time in the room too. And I thought it wasn't that long because I slept for most of the time, but Mum said it was actually a really, really long time, like hours.
0: (laughs) You were tired understandably, yep. and your poor body was trying to fix itself. What did the specialist say, Kayla, once you actually got to the burns unit? What did they yeah. say?
1: So we got to the emergency department of PCH about 4 o'clock in the morning um, and they took us straight into ED. They took us straight into the room. Um, they had a quick look at Mia's hand. They did some more neurovascular OBs. Then they, one of the the doctors went away and had a little chat. And then one of the nurses came back and said, everything looked really good at that point in time. They had made the decision not to head straight into theatre because of what we had done at camp and what the nurses had done at Northampton. They were happy to hold off on surgery for 24 hours just to see what came of what we had done. Mm. So that was really good. The nurses in the ED department were amazing. Um, I did get quite a bit teary as the morning went on the nurses I remember they were doing handover just outside of our room and the nurse that had been looking after Mia was like this is Mia Mia's eight you know she's burned her hand campfire mum's quite emotional
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mum hasn't slept. Mum hasn't eaten. Mum's travelled all the way from Little Bay. Mum's had a rough night.
1: I said it's been a really (laughs) long night. Um my husband's, you know, seven hours away. My son is seven hours away. It's all very overwhelming and but they were amazing. I can't stress enough how incredible everyone our whole journey was amazing and we were really, really lucky to get the healthcare workers that we did. yeah. So then they transferred us up to the burns unit and we had some really lovely nurses up there. They gave Mia some more pain relief because they needed to undress her hand and have a look at it. Um, The specialist came and looked at it um, and then they redressed it. Um, And then we spent seven days in the burns unit.
0: Wow, seven days. How was that, Mia? We
1: had a TV
2: in our room and... um, There were lots, there were mostly just like little kids shows, shows that I never watch. And we got a thing where you could order food and they would just bring it to you and we tried new food. And And when I was allowed out of my room, we got to go down to the cafe.
0: That's great. Now, when I've talked to some other people that have had really bad burns, they've talked about how, when it starts to heal, it really itches and hurts and stretches. Did you experience that? Like was was your hand really uncomfortable? No.
1: It was quite well wrapped up. So it was really padded, um, had lots of different layers in there, so impregnated wipes and um, dressings and then padding and then bandages and then Band-Aids. And, yeah, she had some little sausage fingers for a while, didn't you?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you finally left the burns unit a week later or so. Yeah. Were you then able to, did you have to return home or what happened? So we spent seven days in the burns unit. Um,
1: The first three days Mia wasn't allowed out of her room just for infection risk because, you know, it's open wounds. Um, So those three days were quite long and boring. Um, After that we were allowed downstairs, you know, to the cafeteria and there was a little gift shop where we spent a small fortune. (laughs) Um, and then after the seven days, Mia was um, discharged to be an outpatient, so we spent another three days in Perth.
0: Being checked on.
1: Yeah, being checked on. Um, and then we had our final dressings taken off on the very last day and we could continue on our trip.
0: Wow, so you, your holiday wasn't even cut short. You were able to, to move on. Yeah, That's amazing. And did they attribute that again to the work that you did as a first responder when that burn first happened?
1: I think so, definitely. When we did get to Perth um, and they had said, you know, we're prepped for theatre, we'll take Mia in, Um, we'll finish degloving all the, the burned skin, we'll wait a couple of days and then we'll talk about, you know, gloves and grafts and all that sort of stuff. But once we got there and they had a look at it, the nurses had taken all of the skin off, then when we got up to the burns unit, um, we had the specialist come in and every second day they redid the dressings and as the skin was flaking away, they just pulled that skin off as well. The third time that we took her in to change the dressings, I said to the nurse, oh, my gosh, this is just, you know, how long are we going to be here for? And she said, no, this is all brand-new skin. This is this is healed. Um, basically, wow. the worst part was the dry, flaking skin And we just had to wait for the majority of that to fall off. But the parts that they had degloved had already regenerated new skin.
0: They were were healing. One of the joys of being young, Mia. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Would you mind holding up your hand for me, Mia, so I can have a look what it looks like today? Does it look like, look, it just looks like a normal hand. You'd never know that you tried to deep fry it.
1: No. So this part, this portion here, um, they, they pulled all the skin off here and Mia's wow. thumb. Um, this fingertip was completely gone. This finger and this finger they degloved and her pinky they had to pull all this section off as well.
0: Yeah. Wow, you're brave, Mia, very, very brave. Kayla, what lessons do you feel you've learned as a result of this experience?
1: Um, well, I don't love campfires, <laughs> um, although once we were back on the road I was, don't go near the fire. You're too close to the fire. Stay away from the fire. But even Mia was like, you can't not have a fire when you're camping. And I said, okay, well, just don't get so close. Just to know burns first aid, to, to know yes. what to do, to keep calm internally you're panicking and you th- you, you're you thinking in your head, what do I need to do? What am I supposed to do here? I know what I'm supposed to do, but it's all jumbled up and you're not paying attention to what's going on. But just to be able to keep you cool and know what to do with burns and have a first aid kit that covers everything basically. Mm. My best advice is to cool the burn down as quickly as you can to stop that burn penetrating further down Mia's burns ended up being two and a half degree, which is obviously quite severe. You know, third degree is your most serious burn. But luckily because we had kept it cooling for as long as we possibly could, kept it in the water, kept it under ice, used the cooling pads, it didn't penetrate down into her nerve endings and that's what really spared us from Mm. any surgery or any long-term damage to her hand.
0: That's really good advice. Do you think you've changed... What you do, Mia, at all, in terms of how you operate around a a fire as a result of the accident?
1: You're more careful now. Yeah, don't get so close. When they walk around, they sort of give it a big wide berth. Their chairs Mm. are only allowed to sit so close to the fire. Yeah.
0: Mia, do you have any advice for any other kids that might be listening to this podcast about burns and about how to prevent them?
2: Stay away from fires.
0: Yep, that's a good advice. That's great <laughs> advice. Mia, when you got back to school, did you end up telling your whole class about what had happened and detailing it to them? Like was your hand still in a bandage or anything or or did do they, do they ever learn about the story?
1: I told some of the people in my class. So we live in a small town in Griffith and news travels fast um, and we had told our, all of our family lives back here so we had told our family and then... You know, we got a few messages. Oh, my gosh, we heard what happened with Mia. My sister who lives here was ringing and just saying, just come home. Just get on a plane and come home. You need to be back here with us. And I was like, no, no, we're just going to wait. We initially, when we were in PCH um, and I was speaking to the nurses, I thought we were going to be in hospital for weeks or months or there was all sorts of things so we initially asked to be transferred back to um concord here at griffith uh, here in new south wales um and I, the nurses said why and i said look we're from new south wales if we're going to be in hospital for a while i would rather be closer to my family closer to my home and the nurses were like you know you're going to be out of here in a few days and i i rang my husband so my husband and my son were travelling and I rang and I said, I don't think these nurses actually know what they're doing because they're telling me <laughs> they're telling me we're going to be out of here in a week and I just don't think that's true. And he said, no, no, listen to the nurses, I'm sure they know what they're doing. Um and they were right. We were out of there in a week and it was just amazing.
0: That's fabulous. Yeah. That's just great. Do you want to do a shout out to a best friend or anything?
1: Ruby
2: and Angela. Ruby and Angela, you're my best friends.
0: Thanks so much to both of you. I really appreciate you sharing your story.
1: Thank you for having us. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. Word of mouth is always the best promotion for a podcast. So if you enjoy this podcast or a specific story, please share with family and friends. If you haven't already, join our Facebook group called the Flying Doctor Podcast Community. And you can also send feedback, questions or comments to me directly at lana.mitchell at rfds.org.au. Donations to support the Royal Flying Doctor Service can always be made through our website at flyingdoctor.org.au. The Flying Doctor podcast was presented by me, Lana Mitchell, and senior producer is Mandy Cullen. Before I head off, I just want to thank one last time, our sponsor and major national partner, Izuzu Ute Australia. Izuzu is committed to supporting the communities in which the RFDS operates and this podcast would not be possible without their support. To learn more, search Izuzu Ute online.